Thank you for downloading and listening to the Briam Bible Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Briam Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.bereanshoreline.org. So this time of year is a little ritual. We went, I went through it this week. And that is looking forward to our summer, looking at all the different things coming up and events and so on. Sometime in July, I'll say to Teresa, you know, I think this year, let's not go to the state fair in Monroe. <laughs> we go every year. It's the same thing every year, right? It doesn't change. It's the same thing every year. Um, let's, let's not go this year. And then in August, toward the middle of August, we'll start talking with our children and the grandchildren and say, well, you know, on this particular day, it's free if you bring, you know, canned food or it's a discount day or this or that. And uh, guess what? Every year, <laughs> they're all fair. And we have a great time. We always park in the same place, always go through the same entrance, always buy the same bag of Fisher Stones, and then uh, do our little track. Our kids have been, our grandkids have been trained really well. Uh, nobody has to go on rides, you know, <laughs> so uh, we have a good time to stay fair. So when we, one of the first things we do when we get there is, of course, we see this, right? The, oh, you know, you know, it's just like, we're all city people for the most part, and uh, we go there and we and we look at this uh, grange, right? The grange stands, and we see all this vegetables and fruit and canned jelly and pickles and all this kind of stuff. And uh, you see all that, and uh, it, it just sort of uh, uh, makes you want to be a farmer, right? Right, Al? Once it makes you want to be a farmer again. No, Al says no. <laughs> yeah, if you want to get before in the morning, that's up to you. But... Uh, for those of us that are city children, um, that have never worked on a farm, uh, there's just something about that. That is really attractive. It's really fun and it really draws your attention to the, we're, you know, we're not in the city. We're not an agricultural community. We have our little farms, our little gardens, and we get inspired by this and go home and tend to the tomatoes, you know, and so forth and the fig tree and different things. But, um, it's interesting in the Bible. It's interesting in the Bible how many times there are references to the agricultural life to bring biblical truth and principles. If you ever stop and think about it, I just thought for about 90 seconds, okay, and started going through my head. The desert will blossom like a rose. A man went out and planted a field and said to himself, I have many things for the future. I'm going to build bigger barns and bigger silos. And of course, the Lord came to him and said, Tonight your soul will be required. Then who will these things belong to? A sower went out and he sowed seeds in his field. And some fell among rocky paths. Some fell on hard ground. Some fell in fertile ground. The sower and the seeds. Consider the... Lilies of the field, how they spin not nor toil, and yet Solomon in all of his glory was never arrayed in such fashion. I, Lord Jesus Christ says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The Apostle Paul, the hardworking farmer, is the first to enjoy the fruit of the crop. The harvest, the Lord said, look, look at the fields. The harvest is what? Plentiful, but the workers are 
few. Pray the Lord of the harvest. And during that era, during that wonderful Messianic era, every man will sit under his own fig tree and vine. That's good, right? That's good. My fig tree is about this high, though, so if, uh, if I'm here when the kingdom comes, we got a ways to go before I'm going to get much help from that. The Lord Jesus Christ was the first fruits of all who have fallen asleep. And throughout the Bible, the idea of the first fruits. The Gentiles, Paul says, will be grafted in to the trunk. And if some branches have been broken off, others will be grafted in. James, my brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? The Bible is full of agricultural metaphors and similes to draw our attention to true spiritual because matters. Because this, these, these were an agricultural community for the most part. They lived this. They didn't have to think twice about it. They knew exactly what was being said. This was their world. So this morning, as we continue our study of our verses from our foundational 50 verses that we are memorizing, as uh, Lauren read to us already today, our verse for this week, which many of you have a head start on. Lots of you probably already know this verse. And if you don't, uh, this is a pretty good, easy one to, re- to remember because the way it, it goes and the various uh, the words that just flow right from it will enter into that world today. The Apostle Paul. But the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, of all the things he could have, he could have talked about to explain the characteristics that you and I are to have as Christians. He says the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. Want to say it with me? Let's say it together. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit. As we consider this today, as we talk about these things in the morning service, I hope it helps you as you memorize the verses as you go out throughout the week. You know, we could spend, obviously, and we have. We have done this in the past. We have done a sermon series and handled each one of those attributes. Because each one is easily, right? Easily a sermon. Okay? Easily. But this morning, we're, we're not going to do that, obviously. But let me just make a couple comments about these various characteristics that God has called us to have. Now, I want to remind you, this is not the best of six or seven or three, right? This is not a pick and choose. This is not where the Bible says, um, once you pick out three of these and work on those and air four, if that's not you, that's okay. Don't worry about it. No, if that's not you, tough. Let it be you, okay? Because this is what we are called to. We are called as Christians to bear this kind of fruit. This is for all of us. And it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we are enabled to do this and to have this well-rounded personality and character trait that people can see us and see the fruit of the Spirit. Love. Paul uses this term hundred in two different ways, but the root term, he uses 109 times. It was very uniquely in that sense that Paul uses it more than anybody. 109 times. 
And, and, there, and, it's, and it's no accident that it's the first one. It's the first one. Love. Agape love. I've told you before, I'll just remind you again. The word agape, which of course most of you have heard at one time or another, the various types of love in the Bible. The word agape love, it reflects God's love. It's a love that is not given in return. I don't love you because you love me. I love you because you are worthy of love. And it's, it's a very, very deep word. And, and yes, it was in the Greek language. It was part of the Greek culture. But if you look at early writings from this era, the classical and the Koine Greek world, this is not by any stretch the predominant word that's used for love. It's almost uniquely Christian in the sense that the Bible takes this word and, and adapts it and uses it in a, in, a, in a much expanded and wonderful way. It's almost uniquely Christian. I mean, they didn't, Christians didn't create this for, the, for this, but it's, it's uniquely Christian that this is so important. We are called to love. It is a foundational. We love him because he what? First loved us. He first loved us. In Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, Schofield has a note in his Bible that draws you back to this verse in Galatians. Chapter 2 verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And those two go together. He loved and he gave. The Lord said, I came not to be served, but I came to serve. And this, this is the full strength of this word, that it's a, it's a love that gives without expecting in return. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Joy. Joy has the same root as grace. Kara. It's the same root as grace. Love. Joy. Thankfulness. It's a very rich word. Paul tells us in Philippians twice, in chapter 3 and chapter 4, Rejoice in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. Put in the R-E in front of it to continue, continue to have joy. The Bible tells us we are to be people who are known by our joy. It's not always happiness. I mean, you know what I'm saying? There are times when life isn't happy but we can still have that joy that we find because of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Peace, love, joy, peace. Peace comes from the Old Testament concept of shalom. You've all heard that word, shalom. In, in, in Israel, it works as a greeting for hello, goodbye, shalom, shalom. In Arabic, salam, salam. Uh, Jerusalem, the city of peace. Solomon, the man of peace. Solomon, shalom, salam. It has to do with the idea of wholeness and health, not just the absence of war. It, it really has to do with, with health, with wholeness. And we are to be people who are known as people of peace. Blessed are the peacemakers for that reason. And that's what we are called to be. Patience. Patience. Now, I, I, I think I made a mistake here. Forgive me, Judy. Someone just corrected me. He says, put the one up there where we're memorizing. And I tried to, and I made a mistake today. I, they should be patience, I believe, is what we're memorizing, right? Okay, so, but it means forbearance. <laughs> okay, how's that? Patience, forbearance. The NIV has it, the new NIV. But it's patience. Now, we are to have patience. And this is because we are to reflect God. You know, we are called to be children of God. Live as children of God, Paul says. 
Be imitators of God. Think of that. Paul says in Ephesians, be imitators of God. God is long-suffering. We see this in the Bible. It's amazing. We've been reading through the Old Testament. We've been reading through the Bible reading that some of us are doing together chronologically. And, and you see a, a king of Israel who was wicked led his people down the path of wickedness. At the end of his life, repents. And God blesses him. There, there's still a price for that wickedness, but he forgives him. God is, is, is long-suffering. He's, 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 he's patient. He forbears a long time. God is long-suffering. That's the word the Bible uses, especially in the Old Testament. He is long-suffering with humanity. And we are to be imitators of God. Friends, that's a fruit of the Spirit. This is not a pick and choose. Don't say, well, I'm sorry, that's just not me. Too bad. <laughs> Let it be you. Let it be. You can do it. God will enable you for the Holy Spirit to be patient, to be long-suffering, kindness. The Apostle Paul says, be kind one to another. Clothe yourselves. In Ephesians and Colossians, clothe yourselves. Put on, take off the old clothes. Put on the new clothes. Clothe yourself with kindness. I don't think I need to define kindness to you, right? Don't you like, listen, what kind of people do you like to be around? Don't you like to be around people who are kind to others? Be kind one to another. Clothe yourselves with kindness. Why? The Bible tells us God is kind. God in His kindness. God is just. We sang this morning, God is holy. And the multifaceted attributes of our God, which are so amazing, He is kind. And because of that, He is compassionate toward us. And we are called, friends, to be kind. Goodness. This word goodness is found only four times. Uh, am, I, am I off again from, our, <laughs> from my translation and what we're memorizing? Goodness. Goodness. Only four times in the New Testament because of God's generosity. Faithfulness. This word faithfulness. It comes from the word faith. It comes from the word faith. The word faithfulness has the idea of doing what you were called to do, of placing your faith in Christ and being faithful. Gentleness. Gentleness is a wonderful word. Gentleness, one of the authors of the commentaries I looked at, described it as submissive and teachable, a submissive and a teachable spirit. That word submissive is a word that kind of rankles us, doesn't it? Kind of rankles people. We don't like that word. It kind of goes against our human nature. But the idea is to be submissive and teachable. To listen, to stop before you talk and listen. Be, be submissive. Be teachable. And yet, uh, this, this idea that, 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 that there is, there is, he also, this commentary also said, it is strength under control. It's not weakness. Gentleness is not weakness. It is strength under control. It allows us to be teachable and submissive. And it's interesting. We begin with love and we end with this idea of self-control. 
of discipline. Paul often talks about the soldier, the athlete, the farmer who is disciplined. I mean, that's one thing about the agrarian life. There's a discipline there. You have to have or you're not going to be successful. Anybody who competes in athletics, Paul says, must play by the rules to win the prize. This idea that we are called to be self-controlled. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he uses this athletic imagery to talk about this. This is the fruit of the Spirit that God has called all of us to have. We are to have the fruit of the Spirit. And it's, it's supposed to all be there. And I know this is a big calling, right? This is a big calling. I mean, think about that. Think about your life. Think about your life this week. Think about your encounters, your conversations, your attitudes, your thoughts. Think about this past week with those you're closest to, your family, your friends, your co-workers. Think about these words. Love, goodness, joy, forbearance, peace, self-control, gentleness, faithfulness, kindness. Boy, that is a, that is a big calling, isn't it? I mean, all of us, if we were honest, have to look at that list and say, wow, um, maybe I didn't do so well in that one this week. Maybe I wasn't as kind as I could have been. Maybe I, maybe that comment I made to that person, I could have been kinder. Maybe I had to critique somebody. Maybe I had to help somebody in your job or something. And, and yet I, I could have been kinder about it and still accomplished it. Maybe I could have been more patient. Maybe I could have just stopped and, and stepped back and been like God, the imitators of God, and to be more patient. How do we get there? How do we get to where these things are a regular part of your life and of my life. Well, it's a metaphor from agriculture. We're talking about a plant. All you have to do is think about a plant. How does this work? How does, how does a plant grow? How does a plant grow? First of all, there has to be soil. There has to be soil. And the Bible tells us, you know, we think of that, that, that parable of the, of the sower, and that the, the seed that fell among the fertile soil, it took root and it grew. And God prepares the soil. And I just I want to remind you here that God is the one who prepares the soil. Friends, God is at work. Amen? God is going before Hodgson's to Paraguay. God's at work. God is at work. We, we have talked over all the time. We talk, many of you, we talk and talk about friends and family and others who we're praying for, we're sharing the faith with. God prepares the soil. That is God's work. God prepares the soil. And, the, you know, as you plant in your own garden, you try to enrich the soil, you, you try to put stuff in it, to the nutrient, make it so it's going to be fertile, so it's going to work, so it's good soil. God is at work preparing the soil. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. We are talking about the Holy Spirit in these five weeks, these verses that we're doing in this particular section. It's about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. God Himself. Friends, it is not Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. What one is, the other is. There are three distinct personas but they all share the same essence or substance equally. We oftentimes don't speak of the Holy Spirit as much. Maybe that's by design. The Lord Jesus Christ said, the Holy Spirit, He is, he is the one that speaks of me and leads you to me. The Holy Spirit is God. He is fully God. He is deity. 
that he is the one that is preparing the soil. He is the one that plants the seed. And the seed, when it's put in soil, and begins to come to life. Now, this is the, this is the thing when we, when we talk about this as, as Christians and believers. We talk about evolution and theories of the creation and the world and so on. At some point, at some point, you have to deal with the issue, how did life come from no life? God is the author of life. God gives life. At some point, you have to answer that question. How does how would life come from no life? God is eternal. He is the life giver. And every seed that is planted and grows, its life comes from it. And the seed has comes to life. And it's the Holy Spirit we talked about who has baptized us into Jesus Christ. It's the Holy Spirit that has placed us into Christ and given us new life. How does that plant grow? God prepares the soil. God plants the seed and it comes to life. And it is, and it flourishes because of the nutrients. Because of the nutrients that are in the soil that it sucks out of, that it takes its life. We, 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 we take care of it. We water it. We fertilize it. The, the, the grains with all those beautiful vegetables, the care and, 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 and work has gone into each one of those. God is at work. But we also come alongside with God and we are ones that God uses our children that went downstairs right now. You know, the youngest one there, first grade, it will be no time at all before they are coming up here like we did last week and having prayer and sending them off to mission field, right? God uses these children. I mean, I hear it. I mean, I've got grandchildren. Uh, you know, they were the ones trying to run ahead of me downstairs. You spot them, okay? I have grandchildren. I, I listen to them talk about can I have a Bible? I want to share with my friend. They are witnesses for Jesus Christ. We are investing in their lives. We are watering. We are we are bringing nutrients. That's we we pass the offering plates on Sunday, friends, and we give sacrificially. And, and God bless you. We thank, we give as a congregation, not as an individual. We give as a congregation. Some can give and some can't. Some we we give as a family. We give as a family. We give with joy. And and friends, those gifts that you give, that, that we use to, to help do these things, to have, like I said, a vital youth and children's ministry, to have to have a well-rounded ministry so that your families, that you, and, and, and as adults, that we can be part of that, that process of, of nurturing, of nourishing and nurturing that soil and seeing that growth through the Word, through fellowship, through prayer. What else do we do? Something I did yesterday. I'm, I'm, I shouldn't talk to this because it makes it sound like I, I don't really do much with gardening. Um, but I, we had to cut some. There's a, there's a, um, a what is it? Huckle, what's that? That I cut yesterday? Huh? Honeysuckle, thank you. Okay, honeysuckle. My good friend, honeysuckle. So there's this honeysuckle that that is really growing and it covers up where we have to get to the, the fountain. So I had to I had to prune it. I had to cut it back. And as you cut the green stuff and you see underneath all the branches that are that are dried that need to be cut back. I have more to do to cut that to, to prune it. And, and and I'm always a little hesitant and the tree always reminds me, it'll come back. It'll come back. I'm always kinda of hesitant to pull this stuff. It don't worry, it'll come back. It comes back. Now, I know enough that some things you don't pull out, but I mean, the kind of stuff I'm talking about, it'll come back. We prune it. 
What does the Bible say in Romans chapter 5? That in our lives, sometimes it's, sometimes it's hard. The Bible talks about this, that, that God has to prune. God has to prune in my life. God has to prune in your life. In Romans chapter 5, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. We talk about peace as a fruit of the Spirit. But he goes on to say this, verse 3, Not only so, but we also rejoice, joy, through the Spirit. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, we rejoice in our what? Sufferings. Why? Why would you rejoice in your sufferings? Maybe you had any suffering lately. Why would you rejoice in that? You do so. Because Paul says, Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. Character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out His love in our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom He has given. God prunes. God brings suffering. I mentioned some of my friends here today. Uh, Mark Prigmore, where are you? I just saw you. There you go. Mark's got a friend. Frank? Is it Frank? Huh? Roger, sorry. That's not even close to Frank, is it? Sorry about that. I met Roger before church here. Roger's up from, uh, from Missouri, Joplin, Missouri. He's a hospice chaplain. What a ministry, huh? Some of you here could raise your hand and say, yeah, I know about that. Hospice chaplain. What a ministry. What an opportunity to, to, to minister to people who are going through suffering. Right? God is at work, friends. God is at work. And it includes pruning. It includes difficult. And finally, it comes to what we, what we say. We say it comes to fruition. Fruit comes to fruition. It comes to life. And it's that process of the soil, the seed, the nutrients, the pruning, the care, it comes to fruition. And we, are, and we bear the fruit of the Spirit. You can do this. You can be a kind person with God's help. You can be a gentle person. You say, this is not me. Yes, it can be you. You can be a patient person. You can be a loving person. You can be a kind person. You're not going to be perfect. You're not going to always be that. But it can come to fruition, and it should as Christians. And as we watch this process of nature, what else do we see? We see these plants that continue to bear fruit. They change. You know, These plants go through changes, and, and the fruit. This year we've had this amazing crop of raspberries. And last year, not as much. It, it goes through changes, but it bears fruit fruit. You can do this with the help of the Holy Spirit because it is the Holy Spirit that does this in you. It's a sad commentary when I hear sometimes from people um, sometimes Christians are the worst ones to hire. <laughs> I heard that from one of my missionary friends. He said, we would rather hire Muslims because they're harder workers. They're more honest in our community. And sometimes, and that's our, our, I hear this in my community. I hear this about I'm sure it's been said about me at times, right? We're all human. But, you know, it, it would be a sad thing 
if somebody has been turned off of whatever participating in this, it, I know it can be a sorry excuse, but still it happens. You say, man, I had a really bad experience. This person's a Christian, but they were the, when, when, when they weren't at church, they were the meanest person I ever met. Don't let that be said. Don't let that be said. That should not happen. We are called to bear the fruit of the Spirit. Let me ask you a question. I don't know, you probably can't see this, but look at this amazing thing I did this year. See what that is? Hey, good. I'm impressed. Good for you. That's a fig. There's two figs. Now, what's that? Look what I did. Would you believe me if I told you I was able to cross these plants and I got a figs and raspberries off the same? No, of course not. <laughs> it just so happened they're in the same area and I got my camera on my, you know, first of all, I got the picture, but I didn't fool anybody. You know what that is next to it? I bet you don't know what this is. Huh? What's that? That is an olive tree. Yeah, these are, if, if we had enough warm weather, if I lived in Greece or Israel, these little things here would be olives. It actually sits right over here next to the fig tree. I couldn't get the picture to get all three of them in there together to try and really fool you. But listen, you all know better than that. I mean, what did James say? <laughs> James says, James says, you, you can't, you, my brothers, can a fig tree bear olives? Of course not. And my point is this. When we think about this this agricultural community, we think about this this agricultural metaphor. We all know that a particular plant bears a particular fruit. Yes, you can crossbreed some things. I understand that, but you're never going to get an apple and orange on the same tree. I know that much, and you're not going to get a fig and an olive tree on on the same tree. And and it just reminded me, we're all different. We're all different plants. We're all different plants. You're not me and I'm not you. But the amazing thing is, we are all called to bear fruit. And the end result is that fruit should look alike in the sense of these characteristics that we have. You're different than I am. I'm different than you are. Some of you are outgoing. Some of you are very reserved. Some of you like this. Some of you like that. Some of you are spontaneous. Some of you like to really plan things out. Right? We all have our different personalities. We're different plants. We're not called to be the same. It would be so boring if everybody here was like me or like you. Don't be offended. But listen, it would be boring. We are different plants. But we still bear fruit. God has called each one of us to bear fruit. And the fruit of that spirit is love, Joy, peace, patience, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. When all is said and done, we are called to bear fruit. Now listen, I'm close with this. Sometimes enough years go by that there's a saying that maybe you grew up with that some people haven't heard because maybe they're younger or something, right? Okay? Um, and there was a saying around when I was younger, like in the 60s and 70s, you know, and, and it was this, bloom where you are planted. Remember that? Bloom where you are planted. And I just want to remind you today, when you think of the fruit of the Spirit, you notice it's not fruits, right? It's a compound singular. An apple tree bears apples. 
but it bears an apple tree. A fig tree bears figs, but they're all the same. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's not a pick and choose. We are called to bear all those things. And we have this tendency as human beings to always look at someone else. Say, man, I wish I was, I wish God put me where that person is. Look what God's doing with that person. Look at the amazing things that's happening over there with that person. Why did God put me here? Why did God take us from Tanzania, Corey and Kim, and put us in Paraguay? Why did Tom take, why did God take Tom and Nick and put them in the Midwest, right? You've been part of our church family. Roger's up from Joplin. Great ministry, but it's down in Missouri. How about the person next to you? How about the person down the road from you? We always do this. Listen, God has put you where He wants you. God is big enough. He's put you exactly where He wants you. And there is nobody else. There is nobody else that can bear the fruit of the Spirit right where He's put you because that's where He's put you. And he may put you somewhere else down the road. But that's where he's put you. Don't look at someone else. Look at the Word of God. Look to our Heavenly Father. And ask the Heavenly Father. Because Paul says, This I do, not to myself, but to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he's given us the Holy Spirit. And just imagine what, what it would be like if every Christian believer in Puget Sound area, in the Midwest, in South America, in Africa, in Asia, in Australia, Canada, Mexico, Latin America, wherever it is, if every Christian believer would bloom where they are planted and the world would see the fruit of the Spirit, why not you? Why not? Why not? Why not you? And why not me? Let's close our service. Mark, come on up and share a song. Thank you guys for leading worship today and leading us as we worship a holy God, a loving God, who has given us the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't that a great song? I love that song. And what a privilege. Just a privilege to be able to say, I love you, Lord. God's so good, isn't he? God is so good. Let's live for Him this week. Let's walk with Him. Let's go forth rejoicing. And if you're in town, come back and share with us next Sunday as well. I'm going to close in prayer. And then parents, if you want to try out the shortcut, you won't get lost. You can go right down those stairs, turn the corner, go right down the hallway. Fours and fives are on this side. And the elementary kids are on this side. But if you're going to get elementary kids, by the time you get there, they'll probably be coming up over here. So you figure it out, okay? (laughs) Heavenly Father, it's a good day. It's always a good day to be with you, to be with your family, Lord. Uh, It's just so good. I thank you for each person that's come today. This beautiful day, they could be anywhere today. And we would understand. But they've chosen to come. And by coming, Lord, they've been an encouragement to someone here who needs encouragement today. We would be awful lonely to be here by ourselves. And so I thank you for these people, Lord. 
we love each other. We love you. We want to walk with you. We want to serve you. And Father, I pray. I pray this pastor will show the fruit of the Spirit. I, I have done that this week, the way I should. I pray that the fruit of the Spirit will be in my life. I pray that each of us, beginning with the leaders of this church, the pastors, the elders, the teachers, the deaconesses, those of us who call the leadership, that we will show these qualities. And that we as a congregation will demonstrate these qualities. What a privilege, Lord. We leave here rejoicing in the wonderful, precious name, Jesus Christ, our Savior. In the power of the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Father, may your peace be upon us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.